Myself and Millie, a podcast about infertility and different pathways to parenthood. I'm your host, Millie Brooks, and if you're just joining us, welcome. We are doing something a little bit different this season. We are following one person's journey to parenthood, Audrey Q. Audrey is traveling to war-torn Ukraine right now for the birth of her son, Mateo. So we have decided to dedicate a whole season to Audrey's story. Audrey, the last time we spoke, we were doing an Instagram Q&A. So much has happened since then. Has it been like maybe a week, 10 days? I, I don't know what time is anymore. I don't even know what day. Yeah, I was going to say that. I don't even know what day it is right now. Um, but I can tell you it's a little bit over two weeks, I believe. Wow. Okay. Fill us in. I mean, I think I talked, I spoke to you maybe a few days prior to the big news. Yes. I think it was just maybe a day prior to it. Wow. Okay. So he's here. How, he's here? how did it go? How did it go? Oh man. So... I think that we've talked about this in episodes before right, where I have like this intuition, right? Um, this little voice that I sometimes call my Lizzie McGuire voice. Um, and we kind of knew that Katya was expecting to have Mateo around 38 weeks, but nothing was happening. When we crossed Ukraine that Friday, we went straight to appointment. We got 40 pictures of him. But Mattel kept kept covering his face, and they told me, "Yeah, you know, she, she's probably gonna go a little bit further. He's not weighing not even five pounds." And she was in denial. She's like, "No, he's gonna come sooner than that." And they told me that was July eighth, and they told me that the next appointment was gonna be July twenty um, second. That didn't sit right with me. His due date was Ju- July twenty fourth. Uh, I really wanted to have another appointment because at this time I was spending time with Katya. I finally touched her belly to like felt the kicks. And like she said that movements had started decreasing because it was getting very tight in there. That was very scary for me. Um, You know, those are the things that you can't really control. And just hearing that she, you know, she's not having a lot of movements or not feeling a lot of movements. Um, that was scary. So I advocated and I'm like, Hey, you know, let's do another visit. Let's do another visit this weekend. And, um, let's just take more pictures because he didn't show his face. I had to learn here that I needed to ask things lightly. Like I didn't, I, I couldn't say I want this, get this done because it was going to be very hard. Like, it's something with a culture where like you, you gotta be nice or you gotta I don't know. It's, it, if you took a highway or or your own opinion, like you knew more, things just did not flow. And I, I saw it with other IPs. So I went with let's just get more pictures, let's see where she's at. And when so you say did, IPs, you mean um oh, intended parents, right? Yes, intended Got parents. It. Um, give me one second. Yeah, yeah. 
never a dull moment, Millie. Oh he my left. gosh, what happened? I am, I am like, he, oh my god. He burnt the 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 bottles. I don't know if they're oh, going to survive after this. Oh shoot! Were you sterilizing them? He was. I wasn't. I didn't know he was doing this. <laughs> and he left for to watch the pool because I told him to like get out of the room. Oh my god! He didn't tell me he was saying this. Oh, I'm going to kill him. <laughs> I'm just gonna. We haven't slept well. I'm just gonna blame that. Yeah. There's not even an instructor. Let me see if it should be okay. There shouldn't be a fire alarm going. There's no fire. I mean, from the video that I'm watching right now, I don't see any smoke. Oh, there's smoke. I wish I don't know if I can turn the camera. Oh my gosh. I don't know if you can see that. Oh, there's steam. Okay, I see the steam. Oh, we lost some bottles for sure. We lost bottles. I'm not going to even. Okay. Uh, uh, um, oh, my gosh. I, I'm going to send you some more bottles. I'm going to send you some more bottles. I'm going to I'm gonna airlift some more bottles to you. <laughs> it's okay. We will manage. Okay. Uh, so, yes. So. You were saying that. Um. Yes. You the way that you had to approach questions in the Ukraine, you had to really delicately and methodically ask for things. Yes. So I didn't want to say like I want to have another um, appointment to really see if she's in labor or not because I really think you guys are wrong. I wanted to. I had to frame it as. I want more pictures of Mateo. He didn't show his face. And by the way, let's see where she's at. So we get there. I have brought her some tea because she loves tea. Um, we were having a really nice day. The doctor saw us and she was like, why are you guys here? Started picking up on a lot of facial cues and a lot of words. And they were like, the doctor was like, why are you guys here again? And my coordinator basically was telling her, you know, mom wants to be sure that everything's okay. Um, and she wants pictures. And the doctor was like, everything's okay. Okay, so we go to the sonogram. Everything's okay. Um, they're like, oh, he's not even weighing six pounds. I asked, can you tell me how the, her dilatation, I don't I have no idea how dilatation works. So like, how far is she? Mm -hmm. Oh, we need to do, we need to use Wanda, basically. So Jorge walked out of the room. They do Wanda. Oh, she's starting to go. It's only like two centimeters, um, but she's fine. So then we go into the waiting room. We go into the doctor. The doctor says, well, let me do a sweep and, and feel. And she's like, oh, actually, she just started contractions, I believe. I think you guys are having a baby today. No. <laughs> no. I'm like, what we just came for pictures i was like i was just wanting to, to know like just tell me how if she started dilatation so like mm -hmm. i need to prepare myself for another mental week mm -hmm. in ukraine or what so the plan was let's put her under the nsc right the stress screen to see if she's having actual contractions if she's having contractions y'all are going straight to the hospital um if she's not then we'll come back again in three days because she definitely has started. Well, my coordinator and her go to the room, they hook her up, 
10 minutes later, my coordinator's like, go pack your bags. You guys are going to the hospital. No. So, yeah. So the thing is, this is her fifth birth. And by the time she starts facilitation and like real labor goes really quick and her labors are short. So we didn't have anything prepared. We were supposed to have a baby bag. And my coordinator is telling me all the things I need to have in my baby bag. Um, I'm like, oh shit, I didn't, I, you have to, you're supposed to have like three swaddles, blankets. You're supposed to have hats. They're really big on like newborns wearing hats and like long sleeve clothes. And I'm like, but it's summer. And one thing's about these hospitals in Ukraine, they don't have air conditioner. So it's really oh, hot. No way. So we ran into the town. I grabbed like three swaddles. I bought whatever I thought I needed was missing from my bag. And we ran into the hospital. We get there around one, they're like, no, come back at five, because they actually got us a room. So, um, Katya had her own room, or my surrogate had her own room. I had, and we had our own room. Initially, we were told that only I could have stayed in the hospital, but they actually let Jorge stay with oh, us. Oh, I'm, so I'm so glad. I'm so glad, because I know that was kind of up in the air. We weren't sure. Yep. Um, so we get there at five. And our coordinator is like, well, the air alarms, so the big sirens, and these are sirens that sound, if you're from the Midwest and there's a tornado going off, those scary sirens, that's how it sounds, and it's really loud. Oh, um, wow. and yes. Those sound, I, we've actually had a couple of those in the past couple of months. They're loud. They're massive. They're loud and scary, and, you know, I hate them. Um, and they do, too. They do one for when there's a miss so usually like if they've seen missiles has been launched from belarus or russia or there is an active threat they start one and then they do another one for when the threat is over so as soon as we arrive at the hospital at five o'clock sharp they're like oh their alarm is going on you know we're supposed to be in shelter so you can't go in so we were in the front lobby waiting until it went off and it took about an hour. Mm. Um, it was really emotional because as we were waiting, they were also discharging a couple and it was a soldier and their wife um, and their new baby daughter. And they were taking a picture with the sign. Mm. And I just like, everybody started crying. I think it's more of the fact that I know he was a soldier and it was a new baby and it was very emotional. Um, but I was, I started to get impatient. I'm like, I, I just want to be inside. Um, and so you're, you're in, you're waiting in the hospital lobby right now. Is that what you're telling me? Not a lobby. It was like the entrance with a little, with like bench. a bench. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got it. And then they wouldn't let you in. You had to have like shoe covers and a, it, it's weird how it's very, the hospital system is very different from the U S one second. Oh, He's here, Stop guys. Me. He's yeah. here. Okay. Oh. Newborn snuggles. Oh, yeah. Newborn They're the snuggles. Best. Oh, man. There's nothing like it. That's lovely. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. Okay. So we go and we get settled in our room. 
everything's fine. I go see God, just spending some time with her. And at this time, I'm like, have you eaten anything? And she's like, do you have snacks? So we did actually buy some snacks. We put it in her refrigerator. We settled in. Um, did you have dinner? She didn't have dinner. We gave her some dinner. And then I told her, anything happens, just let me know. And the next morning, I go get her some breakfast, talk to her. And um, I tell her, hey, you know, just it was about nine o'clock. Like, okay, I'm just going to go chill in my room. If you want company, let me know and I'll come down. She's like, okay, yeah, I'll call you. But she was like, totally fine. She's like, yeah, okay, I'll call you. At 11, she texts me, come down now. And I don't know what she meant. I'm like, is it go time? You know, are you, something happened? I didn't bring the baby bag. I just ran. And um, when I get there, it was scary because she was hooked at a machine and it, it had a flat line. Mm. So we had we have a lot of miscommunication issues. And I ask her, usually I ask her, is anything wrong? And she's like, she'll say no. But this time I asked her, is there a heartbeat? Because I saw the flat line and she said no. Mm. Oh so gosh, I no. lost my shit. I was like, what? And and she was she was in labor, so she was like she, she couldn't react. I started yelling. I started like calling for the doctor. I saw it texting Jorge. I'm like, you need to get down. You need to ask for a coordinator to be here. There's no heartbeat. Blah blah blah. Um, like 20 seconds, which felt like 20 minutes. The doctor came running in with a with a heartbeat, like a how do you call that the the Doppler. Mm-hmm. And like shows me, no, no, there's a heartbeat, there's a heartbeat. Don't this is this machine is not working. And I'm like, okay, okay. Oh, but he's like, machine. Mm-hmm. And they they just not had like finished hooking her her up. Um, but he's like, but she's in active labor. She's six centimeters, I think. So it could be two hours. It could be eight. Um, you have an option to staying with her or or leaving. All this he doesn't speak good English. It's like during translator with my phone and trying to communicate with words um so i stayed with her it was an experience you know i i didn't know what to do i'm like why didn't i watch doula videos right i'm like i don't know if should i touch her should i not touch her um so i i took a risk and like i started massaging her lower back she didn't push me so i was like okay i'm gonna continue trying to do my best um she kept asking for a ball, which I didn't understand what she was asking for until she grabbed my phone and said, get me the ball. The doctor was like, okay, let's, let's move her where the ball is. And I'm like, oh, okay. There's no wheelchairs in this hospital either. So we have to like help her walk into the room, which was actually the birthing room. Like there were like, there were food feeding us. No. And then he's like, oh, here's the, bo- the ball, but let me check. And when he touched, like, Mateo's head was already coming out. No. And this is the lapse of, like, an hour. No. And she was no. in so much pain. She and, that, and this part was magical. Like, she grabbed my hand and, like, I don't know, it was, like, an out-of-body experience. Like, we hold hands. Kid you not, mm. she only pushed, like, two times. <laughs> no. Um, she 
she actually pushed down and his head was hitting the bed. And so the nurses and the doctor were like, no, no, no. Put your um, butt on the, on the mat. And as soon as she did that, Mateo came out. No. And he was purple. So I started freaking out. I started looking at her and, you know, like loving her. And then what next thing I grabbed me, took up her. Um, and then we did skin to skin. So I was, I was worried about that part. Like, I didn't know if they were going to give it to her or, you know, give Mateo to her or give Mateo to me. But the doctor was really a big advocate for us to be skin to skin. To be skin to skin. And I started like crying and crying and crying. And the pediatrician, she didn't know. She was like, who are you? And I'm like, I'm the mom. And yeah. then she, once she understood, like she started crying with me. No. So wow. this hospital is, they're, they're not used to surrogacy. They are very, this hospital is a very, in a re, very religious old school area. We like, we didn't have the best experience as parents, but this was the only moment that like, I felt, I felt respected and loved or, or, you mm. know, at least respected. Um, the following days was hard. Um, yeah, because I remember watching your Instagram stories and you guys mm -hmm. were kind of trying to figure out when you could leave the hospital, right? Yeah, it was bad. Tell, take us back to that that time. Well, it goes right the moment after. Like, I didn't bring the clothes. Um, so they were like, where are the clothes? And I'm like, I, I'm sorry, I didn't grab the bag. So I, I grabbed the bag and then the nurses started going through their clothes. She actually called her daughter for me to, for her to translate. She didn't like the fact that I brought Mateo, cause I bought a, like an old Navy set to match me. And it was dark gray. And she's like, babies don't wear dark colors. Like what do you, but, and like, it was like, not joking. It was like a harsh town. They took Mateo and they're like, okay, this all the things basically that is wrong with him. Like he has a tongue tie, his temperature is low, blah, blah. He, we need to teach you how to be a parent. So he needs to stay with us in the nursery, in the nursery ward. And that comment right there hurts specifically if you've gone through infertility, right? And, and loss and like, what do you mean you need to teach me how to be a parent? Like, mm -hmm. I'm, I, mm -hmm. I think I'm more than capable. And are you doing this to every parent? So I call my, my agency. I'm like, is this the first time that is happening or is this common practice that they need to wash them overnight? And I think if they would have framed it differently, I would have been okay. If they would have said, Hey, he came low on temperature. We need to wash him. I've been, it would have been a little bit more receptive, but when they said the fact you need, we need to teach you how to be a parent that just triggered me. And that stung. That stings. I mean that so you've I was, been preparing for this moment. Let's be honest for years, <laughs> years. Years. So I was like, I'm not going to spend my first night away from him. I'm sorry. Um, so we were, you know, we got lawyers involved and in everything between my agency and their agency. Because it was, a, I think it was the first time it came up. I don't know what gave them the idea that we needed to be taught. So they're like, okay, well, we'll put him in your room. We'll teach you how to do the first feeding at least. And I'm like, fine. Mm -hmm. But they took us to Katya's room. Mm. And we were like so uncomfortable because she hasn't gotten back yet. So at this point, I'm assuming they're like delivering the placenta or doing some after birthing stuff.
stuff. Um, and I'm like, she can be here any minute. And last time I saw her, she was completely naked. So I don't want her to feel uncomfortable because Jorge's with, uh, you know, we're in the room. And Jorge mm -hmm. is there. And what if she comes back, you know? I want her to mm -hmm. be comfortable. So we try telling them, you know, yes, we are in the same number of room, but we're in a different floor. And they kept, they kept like saying, because then Mateo's wristband has Katia's name or my surrogate's name. Oh, wow. Okay. That was another thing. I'm like, wow, why can't we put my last name? Because, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But we're like, okay. Yes, that's the name. But this is not our room. We have a room upstairs. It took like forever. We finally get settled in our room. Um, and we kept waiting for someone to take Mateo away. But they actually didn't. Uh, we things that we learned that we started having to go and ask for us to have milk delivered or, or made for us while other other parents just they were in the room and people would take the milk for them so after our really bad interaction like no one came and shook up on us um, um no one apparently there was food for everyone and no one told us that so we wow. had to go out and get food just um, some blatant disrespect. Yep. Yeah. Um, I was like, okay, fine. Like, and I like I, the next morning when they changed staff, that's when I got the good nurse. And I'm like, yeah, you know, we already changed the diapers and we have fed them and all that. And we're good to go. And she, she she's like, okay, well, let's, um, let's wait for the new peds because they need to do some tests. The normal test. So the peeps, the new peeps come in, and she's like, "Okay, I think he has a heart murmur." And we're like, "Fuck, this is gonna delay us. If there is one, what does it mean?" Yeah. And all that. Yeah. Um, but that's very common with IVF babies to have heart um, murmurs and and so forth. So we kind of we weren't surprised. Um, he also had a. Um, tongue tie which we thought if he doesn't gain enough weight we're probably not going to be leaving anytime soon so we started freaking out um but everything was okay overall but when it came to vaccinations we are very adamant that we wanted hepatitis b and they didn't for some reason they didn't want to provide it they said oh mm. no and we're like mm. you have it here in your list and like yeah no we're not gonna give hepatitis b and i'm like okay did they give but you a he, reason? Mm -mm. Wow. And then, because they wanted to do tuberculosis, and I'm like, no, we're U.S. citizens. We don't do tuberculosis chop. Mm -hmm. We do hepatitis B. And they looked, they, they didn't like that answer either. I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. whatever. So things got a little better when I started bribing the nurse with chocolate. So it's a very, <laughs> someone had told me about it, but I was like, and I had mm -hmm. bought chocolate but it was such a bad taste that first night that I was like, fuck the chocolate and the tip money. I don't want, you know, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. But when we had that steak and change of staff, then I started like giving everybody chocolate when they came, if they came in, which was basically once or twice every day. The other parents had people in their rooms like every two to three hours. We were, we were just over it. Like the shower was two, the platform was two feet high. So you had to kind of climb to get showered which someone who has recently given birth, I don't know how they would do that. Mm -hmm. Us, we would have been nice, but it was just 
awkward, not nice. It would have been interesting, but it was awkward. Again, there was no air conditioner. It was, you could hear all the babies crying, the couples fighting. We were just over it. We're like, we just need to yeah. get discharged. And then yeah. the last night, this is last not day, like a very, this is, it sounds like an incredibly stressful hospital, oh, you know? Yeah. Like this is not a cool, calm situation. No. Relax, get some rest kind of thing. Oh yeah, no, no. Yeah. Um, then the, I, and I think the owner of my agency is coming next week and they're going to start addressing some issues because obviously I was not the only one complaining. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody had a nightmare, like everyone from the same agency that we connected afterwards, we were having a nightmare situation or, or not, not a good situation. So the last day that we thought we were, we were already packed up. And they're like, um, I think Mateo has jaundice. And we're like, okay, wow. let's let's do the test. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, so if he has jaundice, what does it mean? Can we like rent the the UV blanket or something? Because we don't want to spend another night here. And they were like, no, he'll have to spend a minimum of two nights here. And I'm like, great. Oh gosh. So when he the Pete's come back. She's like, oh, you guys can leave. He doesn't have jaundice. It's just um, a physi- physiological thing, his col- his skin color. And Jorge oh and I looked gosh. at us and we're like, because he's the only Puerto Rican baby. Like, Because <laughs> <laughs> oh Mateo wow. was the tallest, most darkest from the nursery ward. So we're like, this is, we need to go. We just need to yeah, go. Yeah, we need to leave. We need to exit through the gift shop right now. Yes. And then no one was with us at the discharge, but we got discharge papers. Come to find out when we were trying to do all, and this is a little fast forward, right? But we needed a bunch of documents. Our embassy requires them to be original. Mm. And people kept talking about this medical record of birth, and we thought it was the medical certificate of birth which we had to surrender and it stays in the registry for them to give you the birth certificate. They're like, there's no way you can get a birth certificate of record or something like that because that stays. And I'm like, but my embassy is asking for the original. Well, it turns out that it's a discharge paper and it needs to have a doctor's stamp. Well, because no one spoke English as we were getting discharged, it didn't get stamped. Oh no. So I started comparing paperwork with other intended parents from other agencies and that, that were U.S. because I think that was one of the issues is that my agency deals more with Australian parents versus American parents. And so the guidelines are not up to date and the same. So I started comparing to the, the paperwork and I'm like, oh, okay, I actually have that in original. I just don't have the doctor's stamp. And then I told my coordinator and it was like 6 p.m. the night before we were supposed to leave. She came, picked it up. She went to the hospital. The hospital the doctor agreed to stamp because, you know, he admitted fault. They didn't stamp it. And they gave us back the original document. Wow. <sighs> okay, so have you left the hospital yet? Like, by this time, oh, yeah. you're back at your hotel, right? Well, by this time, we already exited Ukraine. Oh, my gosh. You've left Ukraine officially. Yeah. Officially. 
So after he was born, we had to, because he was born on a Sunday and we were discharged on a Wednesday, we submitted the paperwork for everything on a Friday, which is bad because then you have to wait like two business days and then Mondays they don't work. So we didn't get our birth certificate until Tuesday. A week later. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. And that's what we understood we needed for the border crossing. Mm-hmm. Was just a birth certificate, right? We're like, okay, we got a birth certificate. We have everything. Wednesday morning, we're gonna leave. Oh well, the driver has another couple that they need. They need to cross, so you'll actually have to leave Thursday. Like, okay, we'll leave on Thursday. It's four a.m. and the alarms start going off. No, the air raid alarm, and the driver was supposed to pick us up at five. So when the alarms go off, like you have to, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm. So when the alarms go off, you have to like, sh- like people in this area, they don't do a lot during the day. They don't take shelter, but during at night, you shut the lights off, and you're not supposed to like go out. What what my surrogate was telling me is, you don't want the lights on because then you can be an easy target if they're out there during the day. You know, everything's a target, and you can actually see something coming to you. You know. Not that you can do much, but so we run around the apartment, took the lights out. We keep packing as like everything's gonna be fine, everything is fine. Like at four fifty nine, the alarm, the second alarm is sounded. The driver pulls up. We loaded everything. Um, we start heading to the border, but we start heading into the Slovakia border, which is important for an American parent. So. The agreement we had is with Poland. So Poland is ready to receive American parents to cross with the babies through surrogacy with just a certificate. Slovakia is not equipped for that. But Slovakia is a border that we have three borders or three border crossings with Ukraine and Slovakia. One was 15 minutes, one was an hour. So because we were going to Warsaw, we chose the one that was an hour. There was no one. And it took forever. We crossed the Ukraine side, fine. But when we get into Slovakia, they're like, well, where is the baby's travel document? And they're like, what are you meaning about travel documents? They're like, travel documents. And they were waving our passport. And I'm like, he doesn't have a passport. That's what we're going to Poland for, is to get his passport. And and our embassy, you need to be in person. to. And it's a DNA process and all that. We could do an emergency passport and then Jorge could have gone out and then come back in, which is what we were then at that moment planning. We're like, oh shit, we're just going to have to turn around. So 6 a.m., they have all of our document hostage. Oh. I call, they're like, call your embassy. And I'm like, the embassy is in Poland. And they're like, no, 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 the embassy in Slovakia. I call the emergency Slovakia person and she's like, listen, she was a great, she was a great girl. So I called her like three times. It's like, listen, we're, we're having issues. The Slovakian border control, they don't, they don't know about the surrogacy process. Um, they're not, they're very strange it. Um, we can help you, but not until like everything opens at eight o'clock. And then it will mean that it's going to be another four hours until we get someone that will talk to them. Then you'll have to come straight over here to Bratislava, which is an eight hour drive from where we're from. And then we will have to process everything through here because basically we're hosting you into the country. But we go through Warsaw, Poland. So you're just going to get, we already have our appointments with Poland. So we're just going to get delayed. 
So we're oh like, my gosh. she's like, the best thing you can do is turn around and go through Poland. <sighs> the driver did not like that. He's like, at we're this, not, we're at not going to turn point, around. How many, how many hours have you been in the car? One hour okay. at that point. Okay. So we're, the driver gets out, start talking, officers come and yell at us. And, and they have a point because they're like, you're a U.S. citizen. Um, I can see that. And your, and your document says this is your child. But there's nothing that tells me this that child is a U.S. citizen. And because, and my cousin who's in the military, he was explaining to me, he's like, because of the war, there's been an uptake on human trafficking and all that. So they're having a lot of issues. And I'm like, I get it. I get it. There's nothing that says that Mateo is a U.S. citizen. And we should have, and I told him, like, we should have crossed to Poland. I'm sorry. But just, you know, just give us our paperwork and we'll, we'll get everything sorted out. Well, they wouldn't, they weren't giving us our paperwork. Mm. <laughs> so at this time, I'm like, shit, they're going to take Mateo away until we clear this up. I started like hugging him. I was started, I started yelling at Jorge. I was like, I told you this would happen because I had told Jorge that we needed to cross to Poland um, or that he needed to go to, Pol- to Poland by himself and come back with Mateo's passport. But he was like, no, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll turn back if we need to. So I started yelling at him. It was bad. It was, it was a bad situation. Um, mm-hmm. The driver got out of the car. They, he started yelling at the police officers. I don't know if it's the culture or what. But I was back on the phone with the girl, the embassy girl from Slovakia. I'm like, hey, they have our documents. I don't know what we're going to do. And she's like, I'll give you your last name. We'll figure it out. As I'm talking to her, the driver's like, hang up, hang up. We're going through. I'm like, what? Yep, we're going through. I'm like, hey, I think we're going through, or this is a joke. I'll call you back. And she's like, okay. Did they just change their mind or something? What? What? what, Yeah. What happened? I don't know what happened. We have no idea. We just know that 30 minutes later, a nicer guy. Because at this point, we had seen like four guards yelling at us that why didn't we have Mateo's travel documents or passport? A nicer guy is like okay, we're going to let you through, but we're going to check each of your bags. So we had like three suitcases, four backpacks, like all of the shit. And he went through every single item. If if this is what it takes, I don't care. He was nice. He was like, how long, how many days did you spend in Ukraine? We're like, oh, 20. Weren't you scared? And we're like, yeah, that's why we're trying to leave. Yeah. Please, please, uh, just like let us move on. Let us keep going. And they're like, okay, okay. And yep. And they're like, well, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna enter Europe, but good luck taking a flight back to the United States without a passport. And we're like, we're going to Poland to get a. You're not. We're not gonna leave. Like, we need a passport. A passport passport to Poland. So at the end, it was like a, a joke. So I, I guess I guess they called Warsaw and. I don't know what happened in the back end, but I know that my papers, when they come back, they were really wrinkled. They were, you know, when I gave it to him, it was, it was like a new dollar bill stretched and hot. And when it came back, it was like a very used dollar bill. Oh, but wow. I got my documents back. They let us cross and we just bolted. Yeah. Two minutes yeah. out. I would, I just started. You crying. didn't look I was like, you I was just, mm-mm. yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, border border Uh, control in general is so stressful hmm. i can't imagine what it's like during you know 
times of intense yeah. conflict. And we, and we got lucky. Like, we got lucky not only because we were able to leave, but there was no one in front of us. We weren't, I didn't, I was because, you know, when you're holding up a line, you also get stressful. Yeah. There was no one behind us, so I didn't have that stress. I just, what kept crossing in my mind was, like, like I don't want. Oh, I think I lost you. Did I lose you? I think you're muted. No? Oh, wow. Hmm. Random. You guys, we have lost connection with Audrey. We're going to have to pinch off this episode and reconvene next week. Stay tuned. It's a cliffhanger. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Me, Myself, and Millie. Follow us on Instagram at Me, Myself, Millie for more podcast updates. If you enjoyed the show, please like and subscribe and share on social media. A special thanks to my husband, Rowan Brooks, for technical support and Cal Reichenbach, who did all the music you heard in this episode. Thanks, cutie bombs, and see you next week.